Bonjour mes amis, you're listening to the Sort Yourself Out podcast, where we discuss powerful, top-down, inside-out approaches to uplifting your life on all levels, helping you to free yourself of the hang-ups and blockages that hinder your well-being so that you can leap forward feeling great in your own skin and giving your best to the world. Today, we're discussing the most powerful and effective way to sort yourself out. I'm your host, Janine Hunt, natural health therapist for over 30 years, hypnotherapist, lifelong student, and spiritual seeker. I like to seek out the most effective practices and techniques that provide the greatest bang for my buck and the fastest route to freedom from whatever is holding us back. I can't wait to share with you these powerful techniques so that you too can sort yourself out, know deeper meaning in your life, and best of all, a sense of inner peace. So let's get started. Well, hello there, and thanks so much for joining me today. Do you ever wonder why it is so hard to make a change in your life, even when you really want to? You may feel like you know what to do to make the change, the steps you need to take. You've got a plan, and so off you go, good intentions intact. And you're good for a while holding it together, making progress, and then after two or three weeks, bam, you crack. You hit the cake, or you hit the wine, or you revert to procrastination, or whatever habit it was you were trying to change. And you think, bugger it, this is too hard, it's hopeless. And you give up, at least for a while, until you dredge up the motivation to have another go at sorting yourself out. And you may go through this cycle several times because you really do want to change to improve your life and to feel better or be more successful. But each time you begin with a little less enthusiasm, if not a sense of dread, because you know you've tried before and failed. And so you're bringing that energy of frustration and hopelessness into each new attempt, thinking this time, by the sheer force of your will, you will muscle through, push harder, make it work this time around. And oh boy, this is so familiar. I've been through this so many times myself as I tried to quit smoking and to control my drinking, which had gotten out of control. For each of those addictions, I made so many attempts to stop. For the boozing in particular, I would psych myself up for my next attempt, which involved weeks of procrastination, saying manana day after day. I'll deal with it manana as I hoovered up the rest of the booze in the house. Manana, always manana, and then beating myself up as I knew I needed to stop because my alcohol habit was making my body numb. Numbness had been working its way up from my feet and my hands spreading progressively throughout my body the longer I took to address my addiction. But I kept saying manana and I felt so helpless and, and so hopeless, so stuck and utterly powerless to help myself. 
Eventually, the fear about my health would get strong enough to make me stop. I'd manage to abstain for two or three weeks, and then eventually I'd start feeling so good again, so positive that, get this, folks, I needed a drink to celebrate. Or maybe there was a party coming up, and I knew I'd need to drink to enjoy it. I was a party girl after all. Or maybe we had friends coming for dinner, and in my mind, no dinner party was right without abundantly flowing wine. Most of it flowing into my face. The problem was that there was always a reason to drink, some event worth cracking over, and I cracked over and over and over. I fell off the wagon again and again. It was like there was no event that could not be made better without a glass of wine, or ten, in it. It was like the wine completed the happiness of any moment, and without it, I could never experience true happiness. And when you think of it like that, that I had all that going through my mind, it's no wonder that it was so hard to control my drinking. But this is the very crux of the problem. And it's why we find it so hard to make lasting change. On a deep level, we believe that we are getting some benefit from the habit that we want to stop. We're coming up against a conflicting belief in the subconscious mind. And until we address these conflicting beliefs, we can try to change our habits till we are blue in the face or until the cows come home or until the cows are blue in the face even. But for most of us, there will be no joy. Now, before I bum you out completely, I want to let you know that happily, there is a way that we can sort ourselves out and rise above our compulsions and habits and hang-ups and addictions to make lasting change. I'll get on to that in a sec, But first, I want to let you know that as we speak today, it's been 15 years since I was liberated from the booze monster that was ruining my health and dominating my life. Hurrah! And I also stopped smoking at the same time. I found a way to stop, and not only stop, but to be completely free of the desire to drink or smoke. Now folks, this is a biggie. This is huge. This is the pot of gold that the unicorns are frolicking in at the end of the rainbow. Did you know they were doing that? Clever beasties. Anyhow, my point here is that normally when anyone quits smoking or drinking using willpower, they spend the rest of their lives wanting a drink or a smoke, but not allowing themselves to have it. So even when they are succeeding, They are living with a never-ending sense of deprivation. And if you've ever tried it, you know this is true. You're still ready to crack, maybe even after years of abstinence, because deep down, you still want that forbidden substance. We all know people who have hit the evil weed again after a couple of years of not smoking. Hell, I've done that one myself many times. So how do we go about making change and most importantly, making it last? Well, here's Albert Einstein to give you a hint. He said, no problem can be solved 
from the same level of consciousness that created it. No problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. We need to address our problem with a higher part of ourselves. And this is what I call a top-down approach. And it's what I teach in the three phases of transformation that I discuss in this podcast and at my website, The Inspiration Cloud. It's why I was able to actually free myself from some pretty long-standing and serious addictions and be truly free of them. I am not a recovering alcoholic, and I don't need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings to keep me off the booze. I am truly liberated from the desire to drink. For those of you who are interested or may have similar issues to resolve, I'll include some links in the show notes But the upshot is that two books by Alan Carr, yes, books, allowed me to finally clear myself of these unwanted and damaging habits. I owe so much to Alan Carr. I am eternally grateful to have found his method that he calls the easy way. Basically, I bought this book called How to Control Your Alcohol, thinking it was really about controlling it. But surprise, it was actually all about quitting. But by then, I was at my wit's end, and I thought, screw it, I don't care, I'll give it a go, my legs are numb. So folks, for a few nights, I sat in my armchair, reading my book, and quaffing my wine, as it told me to do, making sure that I stopped reading before I got too plastered. By the end of the book, I no longer had any desire to drink and could not see how having a drink would ever again be a desirable or beneficial thing to do. I was liberated. Then I did the same thing with his book called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking, and I was liberated from that habit too, as well as a little side penchant I also had for the wacky backy. Oh my God, I'm really bearing all here. I hope my mom isn't listening. But what makes these books so successful, and go and check out their rave reviews on Amazon if you'd like some proof, is that they completely unbrainwash us about why we believe we drink or smoke. To me, it was like a miracle that after years, long, painful years of struggling and trying to get a grip on the crappy habits that were ruining my life, in the space of a few days, I was freed. Even all these years later, it seems miraculous. I was so impressed with the methods employed in Alan Carr's books that even though I was up to my armpits in training to be a naturopath, my focus of interest had totally shifted from natural health to the power of the mind. So as soon as I finished my naturopathy training, I was off to London to train as a hypnotherapist. So whenever we are wanting and trying to change and yet feel so stuck and impotent, we can be sure that there is a subconscious belief pattern sabotaging our success. And this is where my top-down approach called the three phases of transformation come in. The three phases of transformation are all about making your mind work for you, not against you. As long as you have conflicting or limiting beliefs or patterns of behavior, 
buried in your subconscious mind, they will always win out and stop you from making the change you want, even if you really want it. I'm going to give you an overview of the three phases of transformation now, and in the next few podcasts, I'll dive deeper into each phase and how you can activate them in your life through various natural practices and techniques. So here we go. Here are the three phases of transformation. Phase number one, raise your awareness. This phase involves us becoming aware of what is going on in the subconscious mind, because believe me, as I discovered when I quit drinking, it can be an unholy mess in there. Until you shine a light on all the crap that's going on in there, you are at its mercy and it will be a major source of self-sabotage. So we need to become aware of what is going on in our subconscious mind. Phase number two liberate yourself. Now, this phase is all about liberating ourselves from the unhelpful ideas and untrue suppositions and limiting beliefs that we discover lurking in our subconscious minds, blocking our success and aspirations. And phase number three, reprogram your mind. In this phase, we reprogram our minds at the subconscious level with the beliefs that facilitate lasting change. There are two important aspects to this phase. One, we choose the beliefs, the helpful, nourishing, progressive beliefs that we are going to install in our minds. And two, we use techniques and practices that make the mind receptive and that allow us to install the beliefs at the subconscious level where they will be accepted. This makes a huge difference to trying to install the beliefs from a conscious level. So those are the three phases of transformation. They're all about making the unconscious conscious, freeing ourselves from our hindrances, and then consciously choosing and installing at a deep level the beliefs that will uplift our well-being and get us where we want to go. It is transformation from the inside out. And that is the kind of transformation that works. And that's why I call this a top-down approach. We're working from the highest part of our personality, our mind. We are raising our awareness in all levels. We're becoming more conscious. We're using the higher part of ourselves, the mind, to control the lower parts of ourselves, our emotional life with all its fears and worries and stress, and our physical existence as well, like our health and weight, and maybe whether we exercise or not or sleep well. And these physical issues are very often the results of our emotional natures. And the great thing about this top-down approach is that not only does it help us to work on specific issues to improve our lives, but it creates an exponential shift whose effects ripple out to uplift all areas of our lives through the higher awareness it generates. You learn to be the master of your mind rather than it controlling you. And this, my friends, is a biggie because being the master of your mind leads to what I'm really all about, which is helping you to feel inner peace. When you feel inner peace, 
you create a peaceful environment. And God knows the world needs that right now. Imagine if we all felt inner peace. Holy cow, that would be amazing. So today we are keeping it short and sweet, but I'll be back next week and I am so looking forward to sharing many life-changing and life-enhancing practices and techniques with you in my upcoming episodes. But for today, I want to give you something great you can do right now to make a start to put into practice my top-down approach. In keeping with our short and sweet theme today, I've created a short and sweet guided meditation that you can download designed to get your endorphins flowing. Those are the feel-good hormones that give you a natural buzz and to raise your vibration, to really rev up the good vibes so that you can attract higher vibrational things, people, circumstances, and opportunities into your life. It's called the Inner Smile Meditation, and it is one of my faves. It only takes five or six minutes, but gives you an afterglow that you will carry into your day. So give it a go. You deserve a little treat. You'll see a link to my Inner Smile Meditation below if you're listening to this on theinspirationcloud.com, or you can access it at theinspirationcloud.com slash SYO2. And that is the digit two, not the word two. So that's the inspirationcloud.com slash S-Y-O-2. Well, folks, have a wonderful week. And I'll see you next time when I'll be expanding on phase one of the three phases of transformation and offering another life-enhancing free download that will set you on the road to inner peace and greater well-being. Bye for now, folks. Enjoy the Inner Smile Meditation, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I really hope you found it helpful and full of uplifting ideas that you can put into practice in your life. And if you have, chances are your friends and family will too. So please share it with them on social media. You'll be helping them to sort themselves out because I bet you think they need it, right? But seriously, you'll also be doing me a huge favor in return, and I will be eternally grateful and sending loving vibes your way. I would also love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes, preferably a nice one, please. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast too. If you have any questions or would like me to address a certain topic, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at info at theinspirationcloud.com. Have a good one, folks. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.